Welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. I am your host, Laura Malone, and we're here to talk about life coaching, entrepreneurship, leading yourself well, and lots of spirit-led life and business strategies. So thanks for joining me on this journey, and let's jump into today's episode. Hi, friends. So it's currently the day before Christmas, and I can tell you that I always have clients this time of year that need to do a lot of thought work and belief work around family, money, and personal needs. <laughs> so we do a lot of the pearl practice in client work around the holidays, also around other days of the year that like anniversaries, um, anniversaries of deaths, uh, different big days that are really impactful in somebody's life or caused any type of big emotions. So I think that this is a perfect time for me to do a little bit of a rundown on the pearl practice so that I can help you understand it at a deep level right now and hopefully equip you to be able to use this for yourself in the days to come because I know you have a lot on your plate. So let's talk about the pearl practice in its very basic form. The pearl practice stands for paradigm, emotion, action, result, and legacy. So I had been studying for a long time the aspects of taking our thoughts captive, uh, intentional living, and renewing our minds, understanding our triggers, self-observation and awareness, and understanding our narratives, like how, like what's the root narrative, the root message that we live from that kind of started forming as a child. And then all of the neutral facts that we encounter on a day-to-day -day basis that end up causing us to have thoughts that, you know, trigger certain the, those narratives and belief systems we have, and then understanding how that paradigm of thoughts, imaginations, and beliefs, our perspectives about the neutral fact, they influence and inform the emotions we experience. And then whether we want to escape that emotion or we desire to pursue that type of emotion causes us to take some type of action. Those actions always lead to results and a culmination of results over time ends up creating a legacy. So I have created a, um, a pearl practice form that we work through that I share with the coaches in the greenhouse course and teach on. I train them in it. And then this is exactly what I walk my clients through but it is exactly what I walk myself through literally on a day-to-day -day basis. I practice this all of the time. It's how I keep going. It is my coping mechanism <laughs> because I know that the Lord gave me this one day. As I've been studying all of it, as I've been pursuing understanding of how to renew our mind, take captive our thoughts, and make actual changes in our lives in the physical manifestation of it, like literally taking what we believe and what we think on, setting our mind on the things above, 
and turning that into the way that we function, how we take action, how we, and the kinds of results we get, and therefore how we partner with God, and ultimately the, the legacy that we create in our lives and with our lives that impacts us and others. So as I was working on that, I was researching it, working through it, working with clients all the time, working on my own life, I basically, one day I'm like walking through my house, I'm in the living room, and I heard, it was not the audible voice of the Lord, but I knew it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me, and just dropped something like in my mind, Pearl. And I knew immediately what Pearl stood for. Like I could, I didn't sit down and dredge this up and make it up and whiteboard and brainstorm. I actually did the, like, I was just doing nothing. <laughs> I was just going about my day. And the Lord spoke. Pearl. Paradigm, emotion, action, result, legacy. And I was like, I started, okay, I didn't jump up and down physically because it's not my style. But like inside, my spirit and my soul were like, yeah, I was like, cheerleader, yay. Oh my gosh, this is so exciting. That makes so much sense. Oh my gosh, that is it. Thank you, Jesus. You know, so you have to capture those moments when Holy Spirit speaks to you. You've got to stop and capture them. Okay. So then I've developed it throughout the years and in prayer, through prayer, with clients, with myself. And the basic of it is, first of all, you have to learn how to self-observe. You've got to start recognizing what you think. And you have to understand that just because you think it doesn't mean you have to believe it. It doesn't mean you have to do anything with it. You don't have to feel things based on that thought. You don't have to do things based on that thought. Please refer to the Bible and specifically James. <laughs> okay. Now, when you have a thought, what's happening is your thoughts are in your conscious mind. And the more often you think a thought over and over and over again, and that comes alongside of your imaginations, okay, the things that you see, the things that come into your soul through your eyes and your ears and your senses, all of those things are coming into your consciousness. Physically, we're talking about your your physical conscious. You have a conscious mind. You have a subconscious mind, right? And the more often that these things come into your mind consciously, they begin to build what's happening and to inform your subconscious. And so your beliefs are being formed by what you consistently think on and what you consistently see and consistently hear and what you meditate on, what you absorb, what you are impacted by again and again and again. So if you have a thought and you don't want to have that thought, you have to intentionally do the work to not keep thinking that thought because what happens is that thought will become a belief system, part of your root system your ecosystem that is influencing everything else that flows out of your life. If you can manage what's going on in your mind, you will not have to worry about what comes out of your mouth, right? The Bible says like whatever's in your heart's going to be come out of your mouth and you're going to end up saying what is in your heart. So if you can manage yourself and lead yourself well in your own soul and let your spirit rise up to lead that soul, 
then you will better be able to manage what comes out of your mouth and the words that you speak have life, the power of life and death in them. So, okay, now we're talking about paradigm. Uh, everything you're absorbing through your conscious mind will inform what happens in your subconscious mind. So now you're, believe, you're, you're forming your belief systems and you're forming your perspectives and values and before you say like, well, my parents did that to me or that happened in my childhood, you are grown now, okay? You're old enough, at very least, you're old enough to have a phone to open the podcast app and choose to listen to this episode. So you have full responsibility to either keep believing what you believed as a child, keep thinking what you've always thought or change it. So you no longer can blame other people. You are accountable for what you know. Yes, beliefs formed in childhood for you, and some of them are wrong. Some of them were straight out lies. Some of them were harmful. Some of them were extremely painful or traumatic, but now you can change that. I'm teaching you how. So you do not have to keep believing what you've always believed. You have permission to change what you believe. It's part of the repentance program. <laughs> It's the coaching offer that the Holy Spirit offers you. It's completely free, lifetime value. You can always tap into it. Simply turn and go the other direction. <laughs> okay. So here's the benefit. What you think on and what you believe is going to change the trajectory of your life story. And God has written you into the story. Yes, he has full control and full power, but he doesn't want to just do it all. He doesn't want robots. He has this magnificent, romantic love story between him and us because he wants us to choose him. He doesn't want us to be controlled by him. And so while he is omniscient, at, um, um, uh, yeah, you know, um, omniscient. <laughs> Why does it feel weird? Is the word wrong? My brain's not working. I repent. I turn it away. I want my brain to work. <laughs> okay. He's all-knowing. He's all-seeing. But he's all in power. Like, he's all in control, right? So, let's let's take that and say, I, my point is that he wants you to be part of the story of what's happening. And that begins your ability to take action and partner with him in that story begins in your thought life. It begins in your paradigm. So, okay, the paradigm of thoughts and imaginations and beliefs. You have, you in the Pearl practice, we, we define the neutral fact that we are coaching on. Okay, what we're going to actually do the pearl practice around. There is a neutral fact that you are uh, having a reaction to or a response to, if, if this makes sense. So it's just a fact of any situation or circumstance you're in. No description, no opinion, no judgment. Facts are something you don't have any direct or indirect control over. Like versus everything inside the pearl you have control over. Your paradigm, emotion, action, results, and legacy. That's yours. But the neutral fact is my car was hit in the parking lot. That is just a neutral fact. You can't do anything about it, 
but everything that happens inside the pearl practice is what you're responsible for. It's how you think about it, how you feel about it, and what you do about it, and what comes out of it, okay? Now, it's neutral until you decide it's positive or negative. If you have an old beater car and you're like, I want the insurance money, then you have a thought that's like, this is a positive thing. I'm so glad they hit me, <laughs> okay? You can see how somebody hitting your car in the parking lot or, you know, just smashing right into it, totaling your car, that could be positive for some people. For most of us, that's we're going to decide that's negative. We don't like it and we're not happy about this, right? So this neutral fact is going to trigger your paradigm of thoughts and beliefs and imaginations and... So first, what we do is we define the neutral fact. What is the situation we're in? What are we dealing with? But you cannot attach your judgment or opinion to it. We're not describing it. It is learning how to observe the world without attached emotions, without being reactive, but instead being self-observant and self-aware and being fact aware and being able to determine the difference between fact and opinion, fact and thought, fact and emotion. And oftentimes we believe that our thoughts and our emotions are true facts. Uh, that's why we struggle to believe the Bible. <laughs> we struggle to believe that the spirit realm is real because what we think and feel doesn't line up with it. And we call what are, what we think and feel true facts. We think that they're truth. We think that they're facts. But in truth, they're just thoughts and emotions. And then we do something with them. Okay? Now, that paradigm informs your emotion. And you have a response. You either want to escape it. You don't like the emotion. So you do something to get away from it. Or you want that emotion. So you have to allow the emotion to fully process through and out of your body at some point in time. I've told, talked about this in multiple episodes Emotions are biochemical responses in your body. Your brain is talking to your nervous system and then your body is having an emotion. You feel angry, you feel shame, you feel fear. Whatever it is you feel, you feel joy, you feel faith, you feel security, whatever you're feeling, that is a biochemical response because your brain is responding to what you think and believe and imagine. Now, name that emotion in one or two words Name the emotion that you feel when you think what you thought after this neutral fact. And then that emotion, whether or not you want to feel it or not, like that you take action. Your emotion leads you to take action dependent upon your desire to escape or capture the emotion. So you have to think like, what did I do when I felt this way? And then all of your actions are going to culminate. They're going to have a result. So what's the outcome of your action? How did you, what did you experience? What did the people around you experience? What happened when you did what you did or your behavior was what it was, or you said what you said, and then a culmination of results like this over time are going to create what we call the legacy. Now we're not talking about a legacy. Like after I die in my will, everybody gets to find out who gets to have the legacy of like taking over the family business. We're talking about even just in a matter of a week, what has happened? What kind of results have I gotten by all the action I've taken over the week? 
that at the end of the week, I have this type of legacy. Like this is what I've created. This is what I've done with my story. Because your legacy is shaped by all of your results. So how do your results help, hinder, or harm you or others in the long run? Okay, here's here's the uh, example. My son and I do not agree. Neutral fact, okay? My son and I are the people in the fact, and we don't agree. And the paradigm would be, well, my thought my, my belief system is my son's, he just hurts me all the time by disagreeing with everything I say. Now notice this paradigm, this thought is he's hurting me all of the time and he disagrees with everything I say. <laughs> that's what I think, right? Now that leads to an emotion. And this is an example. This is not something that my son actually makes me feel. This, my son and I we're not in a disagreement right now. This is a client example. So that paradigm thought leads to the emotion. I feel incompetent. Now, some of you might have the same type of fact and same type of thought, but feel something different. And maybe you feel angry. Maybe you feel ashamed. Maybe you feel something else, embarrassed. Um, but let's just, this client personally felt incompetent. Okay. The action that that emotion could cause you to take was I withdraw and go silent. And the result from that, and my son never think, thinks I never want to hear his side, and then I'm always avoiding conversations with him. Now, over time, getting that same result is going to lead to a legacy of we don't talk like we used to because one of us is always shut down and or defensive. Now. This, the, the old pearl is where we start. This is an example of the old pearl. We just go, okay, what am I first aware of? Maybe I'm not first aware of the actual thought, but I am aware that I withdraw when this happens. When this neutral fact of my son and I disagree happens, I know that I withdraw and I go silent. Then I can work backwards and say, what is the emotion? Like, what am I experiencing? that I don't, that makes me feel bad. And so I withdraw and go silent to escape having to feel that emotion. Well, the emotion I feel is incompetent and I, I hate feeling incompetent. So then I can trace that back. Well, what is the thought I'm having in the belief system? Like what's, what's my paradigm that's making me feel incompetent and it's, I'm hurt all the time because he disagrees with everything I say. This is my thought. This is my belief system. It's all the time. It's everything I say and it hurts. Okay. I don't know if you can tap into that a little bit and experience maybe something like that in your own life, being able to understand, okay, that emotion, I can feel it. I can tap into it. I can see, I can um, put myself in those shoes and it hurts. And it feels like it's all of the time. It feels really, really big. And I feel incompetent and I hate feeling incompetent, especially if my narrative, if my root narrative, my core message is that I need to feel competent in order to feel worthy or secure or justified, right? So the action I take is I withdraw and I go silent. The results that I get is that my, you know, my son doesn't, 
think that I want to talk to him. He thinks I don't trust his side. I don't want to hear his side. I am avoiding him. And then the legacy, because over time, if I keep getting the same result that my son doesn't think I want to talk to him, that I'm avoiding him, the legacy is that we don't talk because we're always shut down or defensive. That leads to a breakdown of a relationship with a child that means something important. I want a relationship with. So that's the old pearl. And it can start anywhere and you just trace between the P-E-A-R-L, you trace up and down what how you can associate. Sometimes you need to do deeper work. Maybe if the emotion is, I feel bad, I feel hurt, whatever, you maybe you need to say why. And and go a little deeper till you get past the fruit and the leaves to the root of that weed, right? Now the new pearl, what we do is we always start with the L. What is the actual end goal or legacy you want to create? Now the we're talking the neutral fact is the same. My son and I always disagree, right? We're, we dis well not always. My son and I do not agree. What is the legacy? What's the end goal? Well, I want to have a strong connection with my son because I believe the best about him and what he says. So it's easier. This allows us to have safe conversations and explore our differences. Like I want that to be the end goal is a strong connection with my son. Well, what kind of results? Now we work our way back through the letters L R A E P in the new pearl. This is the intentional pearl practice where we're deciding what we want and how to get it. So what we want is a strong connection. The results that we have to get consistently to build a strong connection is that my son must believe that I love him. And then we both learn to ask appropriate and timely questions in our conversations. We get curious instead of critical. So the results need to be that we are believing the best about each other and we're learning in our conversation, right? So what kind of action do I have to take? Not how does he have to change? Not what does he have to do? But what do I have to do? Well, I have to know his need to discuss things. I have to understand that. So I, I explain myself better and answer patiently instead of withdrawing and going silent. I must explain and be patient. Okay, do you see where I'm going here? <laughs> now I know what I have to do to get the results I say I want to culminate in the legacy, the end goal I'm saying and proclaiming I want. The longer you proclaim that you want this end goal, but you keep operating from the old pearl, the more you're going to blame other people, the more the shame tapes are going to play, the more struggle you're going to have. So you have to learn how to switch over into the new pearl and create an intentional pearl that helps you navigate every step to get what you say you want. You can't keep saying you want this thing, but doing the same thing that keeps not getting it over and over again, right? That's doing the same thing, but expecting something, a different outcome. Uh, insanity, I think they call that. All right, so the action you have to take is explain and be patient. 
what kind of emotion would I need to feel that would encourage me to take that kind of action to explain myself and be patient? Well, I would need to feel competent and valued. All right. So that's different. That's the opposite of being feeling incompetent, right? So if I feel competent and valued, then I'm okay with explaining myself. I'm okay with answering patiently. What does my paradigm need to be in order to produce this type of emotion, feeling competent and valued? My paradigm needs to shift. So I have to start thinking in my conscious mind so that I feed the belief in my subconscious mind that my son is just naturally curious, but I live from the truth that I'm valued by God. And so it's okay that he's who he is. And it's okay that the value I experience in my own life comes from God and I don't have to get it from other people. I can know that I'm valued by God, that he sees me as competent and value, valued. And so I can believe that I am so that every circumstance, every situation, every fact that's occurring around me doesn't push me around and make me think thoughts that make me feel incompetent and undervalued or not valued. All right, so I have to shift my paradigm. I have to renew my mind. I have to set my mind on the things above. I have to have the mind of Christ. I have to take captive my thoughts that tell me I'm not competent and I'm not valued. I have to do that work. No one else can do it for me. You and I need to take responsibility for our thought life and our paradigms and our belief systems because they impact every other piece of fruit that happens in our life. Nobody else is to blame for this. Our parents aren't to blame anymore. I'm not saying what everybody has done in our lives is right or good or justified. I'm just saying that you and I are the only ones that can change our paradigm. We're the only ones that can change our minds. We're the only ones that can follow Jesus for ourselves. We're the only ones that can bless our spirits to rise up the spirit within us so that we lead our souls well, so that we produce the kind of fruit we profess with our mouths that we want yet don't always take action to get. So the summary of this is that the old pearl start anywhere that you can identify. You either understand the, maybe you see the results you're getting and you're like, you, you need to say like, what kind of actions am I taking to get this result? And if I keep getting this kind of result, what kind of legacy, what kind of end goal do I get? And then trace that back and work through the emotion and the paradigm keep it all very simple and summarized, right? But always remember that none of these things are associated with the neutral fact. So determine what is this neutral fact that you need to uh, navigate and what is, make sure you're discerning the difference between the fact and your thoughts and feelings, your opinions, your judgments, your descriptions, right? So narrow it down. The facts are something out of your control. Everything else Even the generalized language of everything and always and never, that's under your control. None of that's actually true. So navigate that well and this will go well for you. So the old pearl, start wherever you need to and trace it back until you fill in the paradigm, emotion, action, result, and legacy. But in the new pearl, it's intentional. So always start with the legacy and determine what type of end goal you have in your mind that you intentionally want and then go backwards and say, how do I get that? What kind of results do I have to constantly get to actually create that kind of legacy or reach that end goal? 
then what kind of actions do I have to take to get that kind of result? What do I have to feel? What emotion do I need to experience that causes me to want to take the action? And what do I need to think and believe in my own paradigm that causes me to feel this emotion? And I encourage you, we go one step further. And yes, I have this, I do the thought, like the paradigm. What do I need to think and believe to feel that way? But then I go deeper and say, what does the word say? What is the truth? What does God say? And I attach my thoughts and belief systems to the truth of the word, to whatever God has spoken to me, to dreams and promises and prophecies that I've had, to what the scripture says. What is the word saying to me about this thought and belief that I need to be operating from to get the kind of legacy I say I want to create? I hope that this is really helpful. If you're interested in learning how to operate with the Pearl practice, teach it, use it in your own practice, I encourage you to jump in the greenhouse course. That is the Sterling and Stone uh, Life Coach Training and Certification course. And that's uh, where you'd actually be able to get trained in this and then use that in your, have permission to use this in your client practice, your coaching practice. Um, but otherwise use this for yourself. You have permission to use this in your own life. Anytime do it in your notes app, use a post-it. I do a post-it pearl all the time. Um, yeah. And if you're on my, uh, email list, you're going to get a free copy of the pearl practice. Another thing I wanted to share with you really quickly is I want to encourage you especially if you're listening to this during the holiday season, to check out some episodes. I'll put the links in the show notes. But check out some episodes I did a year ago about the season of big days. Number 86 is the truth about loneliness during the season of big days. Number 88, dealing with depression, anxiety, and suicidal thoughts in season of big days. 89 is holding on to hope. 91 is how to think new thoughts. 92 is talking about our handbook of expectations and a journal of expectancy, difference between expectation and expectancy. 94 is how to be a blessing instead of waiting for one. 95, the big five big emotions, why they're there and how to handle them. 96 is seven ways to deal with the post big day letdown. And then more recently, 221 is permission to rest. So check those episodes out if you want to be able just to have some encouragement and um, some, uh, teaching around how to operate in the big days, whether it's for you, your friends, your family, your clients, uh, just a little insight. Okay. Bless you friends. Merry Christmas again. If you're listening to this at Christmas time and if not have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Hey friends, don't forget to jump into the Christian Life Coach Collective Facebook group if you haven't already, so you can connect with like-directed people and get free resources and ask for feedback, all the things that are going to help support you on your calling as a coach. I hope to see you in there, and don't forget to subscribe to the show.